three, two, one, and we are live. David Wallace, thanks for calling in today. Pleasure to be here, Andrew. Thanks. So, David, um, another four years later and quite a disappointing World Cup. What are your thoughts on the situation? Yeah, it is. Look, I suppose uh, on the whole of it, you know, in 2018, we were, we were on top of the world, quite literally. Um, and, you know, we were obviously building for a very strong World Cup campaign. And to come away and not to have made a semi-final, um, as that being the goal really for, for, for the previous four years, and the build up to it was, was, was obviously very disappointing. And, um, you know, losing to Japan, I suppose no one would have probably predicted that a year out certainly um but maybe as, as the world cup was 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 going on and, and how you know the, after the first game japan looked obviously very interesting team and and they the performance they put up against us and uh, was 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 pretty sublime and um but look yeah I, I think the all blacks maybe played their final against us and and they they england played their final against the all blacks and then the following week, maybe South Africa had a bit of an easier run in and, and got to got to play their final then in the final, which which you know I suppose sealed it for them. But uh, yeah, I, I think maybe a loss of form, maybe in, in terms of a, a couple of key players, but also maybe a style. The style maybe went a bit stale as well, um, and I think that was becoming evident in the Six Nations in the lead up to it. We were becoming a little bit predictable and uh, and I think teams had, had figured us out. And we were expecting, you know, some some bit of a, a change come World Cup time. Um, and that we you know we felt that certainly that what we were hearing was that things were being held back. But unfortunately you just can't go from from uh, maybe seventy to to hundred percent in, in that short space of time. For sure. I suppose with Andy Farrell taking over, it's it's not a bad time to take over because it's not like the team is in complete transition. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, and for him, he it gives him a chance to, you know, put, put his own stamp on it now with a little bit more authority and kind of go, right, maybe that didn't work. Um, maybe Joe's approach did for, for a couple of years, but it's, it's, it's time for a change of style. I think the players want to maybe change style as well, too, because they... Uh, they looked like they didn't really enjoy the, the the way they were playing in the World Cup, and and uh, you know we became very flat and, and weren't really attacking with pace or depth or anything. Um, and I think the players will, will you know will be maybe on the on the hurt and the frustration of the World Cup be very keen to maybe bring their own approach and, and work with the new coaches to to maybe develop a new style of play. Because you look at Leinster and you look at the way Munster even were playing um, now this season with Larkham having come in and, and Roundtree. Um, Ulster, Connacht, you know, we saw a couple of years ago how they played the, the, the Pro 14 and won that. It, you know, we, we, we do have that potential to, to play a great brand of rugby and, and also have a bit, a bit of a cup winning mentality as well too. So, um, you know, there should be, we should be able to blend the two together and and uh, and uh, you know and, and be able to use it uh, when uh, when we come together as an Irish team for sure right David I'm going to go back in time a bit because I'm very interested in the transition from professional rugby and the retirement to that kind of era and then moving back into the workplace like you did so maybe we might go back to like 2009 2010 a few years before you retired were you thinking around that time that were you thinking about your career after rugby around that time or was it not till you actually retired that you said right I gotta I gotta move on to a different career now um I think 2009, 2010, well, we were just probably just the Lions tour. That was a big, the big, big moment. I, I started suffering with a bit of a back issue for about a year and a half. So, um, 
that was probably getting me down in terms of form and everything. So maybe had I had one eye, you know, if this if, if my back didn't start to sort sort of stuff out, it, it it you know may have had to to um you know have think about it, some more serious think about it. I, I had done earlier on in my career. You you try and you try and do different things, and um, so I went back to to college in UL and did uh, something along the lines of uh, information technology telecommunications, and um, I did that for about a year when I was. It was, it was it was okay it was okay i did electronic engineering for a couple of years in cork and until rugby took over and i got a i got an irish contract but i wanted to go back to try and do something along those lines so that was kind of the closest i could find in ul and it was went very well for a year i was out injured my shoulder um so i could put the time to it and got to the exams but i found then um even though i could get to the classes and cover the material and i just couldn't get to the exams um when i went back playing it's just they were just they were coinciding coinciding with matches so you're doing all the work but you can't do the exams it was uh it was it was frustrating you know so um so i i probably left that to one side for for a good number of years but uh yeah my back sorted itself out then and i suppose we did look to that world cup in 2011 and that's when i finally uh i suppose got the injury that that ended it all and uh i think yeah on the way to the on the way to the hospital from the stadium in the ambulance every little bump was 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 hurting you i kind of knew that was uh it was going to be a fairly catastrophic injury um when they looked at it so yeah it was a tackle manu tulangi was it Man, too laggy. Yeah, yeah. So he, um, yeah, he, his, his shoulders only just coming right now, though. So I can be proud of that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, no, only messing, obviously. But he, um, yeah, he just got me. He got, got me square on. I'm sorry, side on. Um, as I was kind of planting my right foot. No, it was a perfectly legal tackle, so there was no issues there. But um, just timing of me planting my foot as it, uh, on my right leg, my outside leg, as he, as he hit me, obviously with some force and. Uh, yeah, I, I could feel. It's funny, time slows down when, when something like that happens, and you know, individually, you can feel every little ligament going. You kind of, oh, that's my World Cup, and then you go, oh, that's my, that's a, that's that's a, it could be a season, and then the final bit of pain at the end was all right. That that's something I don't know what the hell that is, and that that could be career ending. You know, it's um, crucial, wasn't it? Uh, cruciate was part of it, yeah. So the, I suppose the first thing that went was the media because of the way it was hit, and then the, you could feel the cruciate going, and then um, final bit, the painful part. The other bits were were, were weren't as sore, but the, the painful part was when the, I suppose the kind of the bones colliding or whatever, you know. So they uh, the kind of the bottom of your femur hits the it's the joint, you know, and uh, uh, kind of smashed that smashed that particular surface. So so it just yeah, it means that it's a it's a it's a messy injury. A uh, lot, of, lot, of, lot of bits to fix, and um, it was the joint issue really, and, and the cartilage issue that uh, that uh, the general cartilage issue that, that kind of finished it. I just couldn't seem to get through any bit of, of you know, load bearing stuff when I when I came back. And was that your very last game, or did you rehab it and get a bit of time at Munster after? Uh, no, uh, yeah, I rehabbed it. So, well, sorry, it was three months where I was kind of non-load bearing on it and, and trying to continue my my fitness and all that. That you know, obviously, it was just around the time of the World Cup, so you're off a long pre-season. I'd sort of my back issues out, so I actually felt brilliant in the build-up to that World Cup, and and I actually, you know, in terms of. Where I was physically, I had never been in, you know, I think in better shape and, and, uh, it, it was kind of, it was one of the sad parts of me was, I, you know, didn't really get a chance to all that hard work to, to put it on, on the pitch really, you know, in games, got 20 minutes against England before I get injured. But, um, uh, so yeah, I, I felt like I was flying it. So, um, 
yeah, that rehab uh, three months, and then as soon as I started putting weight through it, and um, now it was probably probably it was, it was probably it's probably putting weight through it too too early, and there's maybe a bit of a breakdown in communication internally in Munster and Munster in terms of physios and that. But uh, so I think maybe the uh, the uh, I might have been doing stuff in it where maybe I shouldn't I'd maybe a little bit too early so um, it just it just reacted badly so for the next three months then uh, I was just trying to trying to you know, get get by you know um, painkillers and anti-inflammatories unfortunately and then and, and you know it, I couldn't really couldn't uh, it, was, it was actually hard to walk with it without those you know so I I, uh, I got I got a couple of couple of games a little few cameos just to just to give it one last shot and see but uh it, i knew i knew pretty much that the writing was on the wall i guess yeah and tell us david when you officially called your retirement is there support in place by the irfu or or monster to kind of help you with your retirement process and, and move into a different career or is it just a good luck and thanks <laughs> You're 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 out on your own, I guess. Yeah, uh, pretty much. Now we we do have a what was back in the day was a Irish Rugby Players Union, Irupa, but there's now called Rugby Players Ireland, and uh, I have to say they were they were excellent. Hamish Adams was the uh, I think he was the head of it at, at the time, and uh, he came down to speak to me maybe three months into my my rehab when things were going well. I hadn't put weight through the joint yet, and. And he's started to talk to me, you know, well, you got to look at, you know, life after rugby, you know, you're up to 35, uh, 35, maybe going on 36 at the end of that season. Um, and, uh, I kind of, <laughs> I was kind of repulsed by the whole, uh, idea of even talking about it because, you know, it, it was certainly my mind to come back there and, and, uh, um, and, you know, and, and continue playing rugby. Um, so anyone kind of saying any different, well, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't really listening to, um, so it was a tough conversation. Um, but look, uh, he was, he was brilliant. He said, look, I know it's tough, but I'll come back in another four weeks and we'll have another chat, which he did. Again, I was probably not, I was reluctant to talk about it, but maybe he just gave him a, a little bit more time. And as, as, as maybe another month went by, he came back again and, uh, you know, there were, uh, I suppose I was having a bit of trouble, um, starting that, that, the trouble had started with my knee and I thought, well, you know what, we might, we might just talk about this now. And again, he came back another four weeks later and I, I was kind of made the decision to that say, so I'm very, very thankful that he kind of guided me and helped me and had someone to talk. And maybe devil's advocate at that stage because um, I could have gone on another couple of months and, and then it would have been more of a shock but it was more of a kind of a three month process where getting your head right and getting your head around it because all through your career you're doing everything in your power to um, make sure you get back on that field and you keep playing to your best of ability so to kind of start thinking about throwing in the towel was was um, was very alien to you you know um, yeah it but, must be yeah, I, it's gone. Sorry. I was just saying I've heard a few people who are involved in uh, professional setups and they just they said going from the high of playing in front of 30 plus thousand every week to sitting on your couch it, it can be hard enough to handle for some guys you know yeah, I, I look. Even though I love those days, um, yeah, they're pressure filled as well. And in some ways, you kind of look forward to the nice, quiet weekends where you can just go and enjoy a game. Um, and look, I suppose ultimately, I, I, I what fifteen years, I think, as a professional, um, you know, some great days in, in Munster, Ireland, and Lions, and all that. So I, I was very lucky to have got to a kind of a ripe old age of, of 
nearly, I think it was 36 uh, or just a week off 36 when I retired. So um, there was a guy, Owen, Owen O'Malley, who was a fantastic player, came into the Irish squads a couple of times and, and kind of lit the place up. And uh, he played with Leinster as a centre and he, he injured his knee around the same time, did the, did the same um, injury and he was 25 you know so I, I kind of bumped into him a little bit at the time and, and you know I kind of fell for him and, and for other guys who who were younger and, and you know we you, you mightn't get to hero but you know equally fantastic players and gave a lot to the sport and um, but just you know timing was, was wrong and so this could have happened to me when I was 25 so very thankful as well you know but yeah look I think you throw yourselves into, you throw yourself into other things and uh, you know, took up a bit of cycling, still try and try and get to the gym a bit. You know, little things like that to keep make you feel a little bit more normal, or like your 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 I suppose a little bit not totally out of your routine that you were used to. Um, and uh, yeah, I suppose family as well. You know, it was great. You know, so uh, that was that was something that was able to spend time more time with the family for a couple of years, and and, and especially when the kids were very young. Exactly, and and tell me, David, just say your first few months of retirement. When did you actually go back into the workforce? Because um, I know you done a few years at Bank of Ireland after you retired, but uh, did you take some, maybe yeah. some time out and then go back into the, the workplace? Yeah, I didn't really, um, and unfortunately, I probably should have. You know, I probably should have just uh, let everything. But you know, I think you've you've all this energy that you want to put towards something, and you're starting off a new career, and you don't want to be, you know sit around for six months and do nothing. So, um, yeah, I, pr- I probably should have taken a bit of time and, and got a bit of perspective, but I kind of jumped into a couple of things that I'd have been involved in. Um, one was a clothing company and I kind of threw myself into that a little bit and a couple of other things, but probably should have taken stock and, and kind of sat back and, and, uh, you know, figure out what I, what I really wanted to do. Um, so I spoke with uh, Billy Han's father, Jerry Holland, um, a few years ago, maybe three years ago now, three and a half years ago. And uh, look, he, he just uh, kind of made a bit of chat about, you know, different options and, and that. And, and he kind of recommended maybe having a look at the, the financial sector. And I did a bit of research on that and did a couple of, uh, of exams, QFA exams, as they're called here. And um qualified financial advisor exams which, which there's six so I did two and, and, and just to see if it was something that I, I wanted to do I guess and that's that's the hard thing I think when you retire is, is finding what, what you want to do um, because you're, you're doing something so different for for, for a good number of years and uh, yeah so I was lucky then to, to start work I think maybe two and a half years ago with, with Bank of Ireland so um, maybe three years ago now at this stage but um, yeah so that, that was good so I spent a bit of time with them and and uh, uh, and then I uh, found uh, this company, I3PT, and bumped yeah. into the owner. Tell us about um, the, your, your company. Yeah. You're expanding fast. It's, uh, you're big believers in digitizing the construction industry. So tell us all about that. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to hearing the company process and history. Um, yeah, so look, I, I, I bumped into Owen Leonard, who's, who's the founder and CEO, Um at uh, an award ceremony, and uh, you look, we, I think we, we first got chatting in relation to, to maybe banking and, and maybe talking to him on that side. And as time went on, um, you know, uh, I suppose Owen made, made a, an approach and, and said, "Look, would you would you fancy uh, joining the ranks in, on the commercial side and the sales side of it?" I guess. Um, and I suppose I, I didn't know too much about the company at that stage, um, but I, I met Owen a couple of times, and, and I was kind of really intrigued to, to hear 
uh, you know, what they were doing. So uh, Owen founded the company. I suppose I'll try to give you a short history of it. Owen founded the company to, to have, uh, I suppose, start a, a different approach to maybe to quality and construction. He'd been involved in, in uh, development of, of um, data centers and that. And, and he felt that there was a real... Um, I suppose, uh, lack of focus on, on that area and quality and, and it could be done uh, better. So, um, so I think he, he, he set up I3PT and, and went traveling around the world for a couple of years. And, and, uh, so it was around 11, 2011, 2012, uh, 2014, BCAR came into Ireland and, and, and I suppose it was, it was, a it was, a something that, Fit into fit in well with what I3PT was doing, and uh, we brought our quality approach to to um, certification and, and also uh, doing things like QA, where we're not certifying, but we're but we're managing quality on site. And, um, you're going, it's, you're it's, going it's, quite fast. Two thousand twelve, you said you was kind of started taking flights. Was it? It's yeah, I'm, probably probably twenty twelve, and, and and grown very rapidly. And I think the, the kind of multidiscipline approach on site, and 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 the fact that we develop our own software to help us, um, you know. Uh, I suppose do do that uh, regulatory role of certifying buildings is obviously a very important role and making sure that they're built properly um, has, has I suppose really helped us and given us a bit of a niche. So yeah, it's, I mean they've done fantastic work and um, and to I suppose to start working with them and and look under the bonnet and see what lies beneath it. Um, you know, it's it's actually based on a, on a uh, an ISO seventeen sixty five. Uh, um, platform in terms of you know in terms of certifying and um, you know products and that so it's 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 quite uh, in depth and it's there's a there's a lot of goings on in behind this what underpins the whole uh, certification process and i3pt and, and quality process is is very very detailed but um what the effect it has on site is massive and, and it's i suppose it's trying to change cultures and and the software does help that as well because it makes it easier um you know to 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 do your job properly through through um, a technological uh, platform, um, so then they can they can close off issues inside or raise issues on site, and, and and it takes a lot of the admin and paperwork out of it, um, and it's all streamed through through the, the one system. Yeah, and you're a company that's a very strong advocate of digitizing the construction industry. I've seen quite a few articles that you're you're quite loud about it, which is great because as we all know, it's a, an industry that is kind of at the end of the bell curve when it comes to digitizing things so yeah it's it's uh it's great work you're doing uh yeah look i suppose you you, you want to want i don't want to either want to um you know um I suppose save save money or, or, or add value in, in quality and hopefully we, we can do both um, I think you know you talk, there's, there's actually digitizing and digitalizing I've, I've figured out or I've, I've, been, I've, been, I've been told so digitizing is actually maybe just taking like a check sheet and, and, and putting it on onto um, uh, uh, onto uh, uh, software but uh, changing changing um, uh, changing, I suppose, uh, activity or through tech, through technology and, and ways of doing things as we would do um, maybe out on site through technology is, is the digitalization of it. So um, that's having, a, I suppose, a bit of a profound effect. So now, rather than you know looking at issues and, and uh, going in and do the administration of it or paperwork and emailing, and scanning. Um, in an office um, that can be done out on site, where where you know you're looking at the issues and you you can you can raise the issues on site as well and and um, directly uh, communicate with people as well and as a common data environment, uh, you know where where you want to be doing that work, 
Yeah, and and tell me, David, a lot of your projects you're working on. Um, what what's kind of your ideal client you're working with, or what size project? And I presume you're after breaking into London market now, so you'd be on quite high end projects, I presume. Yeah, look, I I think we we have a, a wide range of, of different uh, types of projects from you know industrial to to data centers and and uh, you know high density resi. Um, hotels and you know office so it's it's a wide ranging and um so i suppose we're, we're we fit into any sector that the process that underlies it uh, kind of you know makes us um able to do that um and the software i think as well also that helps too but um yeah so in in the uk now we're, we're working with one company in particular and, and i suppose they're a bit, they have a bit of a niche in, in stadiums so that's been uh that's been quite interesting from, from our side and uh um, i suppose we're, we're looking now to to grow the our footprint over there um and that's been it's been quite recent really we have worked a bit with the nhs over there but um yeah i think the, the time is now for, for for scaling up what we're doing in the UK and there certainly is a massive appetite for for what we're doing over there and I, I think the, the change in culture to, to you know having better quality because it costs the industry five uh, 22 billion I think about five percent of of total cost of, of projects um, 22 billion a year so there's there's massive value to be saved and, and to be to be um, and a profits to be to be I suppose to be um, to be gained, yeah, definitely. And tell you, well, not, not not to be gained. I don't think I don't think we add, we you know add to the profits, but we certainly save the profits. Yeah, yeah for sure. And to how you're, you're over in London? You work in London a couple of days a month, or I remember last time I was, I was speaking to you, you said you're kind of come, coming over quite regularly. Um, is that still the case? Are you still nipping over to the UK to do a few days a month, or is it predominantly Ireland based? Um, yeah, no, we're actually we're traveling tomorrow. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, <clears throat> I suppose that that's, uh, one of the plans for the next 12 months is, is to step up what we're doing in, in the UK. We, we have a good team over there and, and, uh, we certainly feel that now is the time to, to spread the message in terms of the software, in terms of our services that we do as well, um, in, in managing quality and construction. We um, we definitely feel the time is right. So yeah, we're 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 getting over there probably um, once a week, um, maybe once every two weeks at times. But yeah, it's 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 getting busier and busier. And um, albeit you know the, the main business up to now here to four is, is be, has been in Ireland. Um, yeah. It's certainly starting to take off in the UK, um, and it's great to see that there's a bit a bit of a change in, in attitudes towards towards quality and better quality over in the UK as well too. And um, you know, I think yeah, the CIOB have started to to release their recommendations, and, and that fits in very well with what we're doing as well. So I suppose, David, I'm always interested in knowing, like, I suppose at the end of your day when you're playing rugby, when it was probably three or four hours work in the morning, and I suppose you had time to fill in the afternoon or the evening. How do you find this was long, long days now, and just I suppose a different transformation in work style, really? It is a little bit, yeah. I think, um, I think. It, I suppose we try try to keep it, it fresh. I mean, every day seems to be a little bit different with with I3BT, um, and I, I I suppose I'd liken the you know going to, to meetings and that a little bit like matches, and though those are the big points of your your week, um, and uh, it's it's I suppose great to walk out of those and and you know you, you, you feel the excitement in the room when you discuss about our approach and, and our software, um, and how it can can help 
uh, help construction. And I think there's there's great energy in, in those meetings when we do get to, to speak to people. So those are, I suppose, I'd liken to, to maybe the games. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's obviously the bit of prep work you have to do before those and, and, and arranging meetings. And that's the kind of maybe a bit of the, the stuff you're doing at the pitch and, and in the gym in, in the lead up to it. So, right, not quite the same. And you don't, you're not getting the physical endorphins maybe that you would have been getting through rugby. But um, it's, uh, yeah, look, I think it, it's an exciting company. And, and in that sense, it, it's something that you want to get your teeth stuck into. So it's 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 great. I mean, they're very different but um yeah i suppose when you when you can't run around anymore it's 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 a great second best definitely and tell us um i3pt have you new innovations or new softwares coming to the market or what are, what are the future uh, yeah well we're we're actually uh we're, we're launching a new website this week at the end of this week um we all are also we have we have a, a mobile app for for, for on site and guys are working on site but we also have a um, a software desktop version as well so that's kind of getting a, a big overhaul and, and new features being added to it uh, this week as well so we, we, go, we go out on Apple and Android um, so that's all getting a bit of a launch actually at the end of, end of this week um, and uh, that's, that's quite exciting so um, I think the, it's it's a whole kind of new look and feel to it as well too and, and, and uh, one of the one of the I suppose pluses of of the software is that we we develop it in house, um, so we 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 uh, have coders and that who are developing it on, on a full time basis. So we kind of work with companies that that, that want yeah, and clients who, who who want to maybe add features and that. So um, we, we can of, we can do that. Yeah, that's kind of rare. A company would um, kind of build it in house. A lot of it is outsourced out to third parties just to not deal with the hassle. It's quite impressive actually to keep it all kind of vertical vertically integrated you know um which, which is yeah great. it is but it, it actually works very well if you can do it because the the, the guys who are developing the workflow are actually the construction professionals who are out on site who, who who have a way of working when they're out on site which is very hard for a software company i suppose to to um to manage to, yeah. well to, to even get an idea of so they're feeding the the workflow processes to 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 ourselves and journey into owen i suppose who, who works closely with the coders and, and he he, uh, I suppose, um, he uh, describes what you know what the issues are, or what way the, the software development needs to go, and, and and they they take over then. So it actually works very well. So that one of one of the real strengths of the software is that it's you know, developed by construction professionals for for the construction industry. So um, generally, when we show it to people, work the way it, way it flows and um, the interface of it, they're they're really really impressed because uh, it's 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 basically how how the industry works, I guess. Yeah, there's less communication breakdowns, which is which is obviously a huge factor in trying to get some work done. But David, unfortunately, we've come to the end of the show. I, I can't thank you enough for calling in. I know you've been fairly busy the last few weeks, so I can't thank you enough. And I really enjoyed chatting to you. Thanks again for coming on. Thanks very much, Andrew.